Welcome back. Welcome back, JB. And D, what's going down? What's going down? What's going down? Man, it's good to be together today. It is yeah, good to be I'm together. I'm excited too. Bro, I, we've I'm, been I, working. Know, we've been working really hard, but I'll tell you what makes my whole week start off fantastic was watching Aaron Rodgers in the new sequel, Gone in 60 Seconds Part 2. <laughs> Four plays into the game. As a See lifelong ya. Bears fan, I cannot. I mean, I do feel bad for the dude, but he's kind of a douche. So, um, but not only that, it screwed. Excuse my language, but it messed up Green Bay. Instead of them getting a first round pick, right? They only get a second round pick because he's not going to play. I think it was sixty five. I cannot of the game. tell you. So it screwed both of them. I love it. I love it. I love it. It makes my life. Let me just tell you, it makes my life. I I know the Bears stink. They got crushed week one, but that's okay. What is redemptive? God's redemptive power is at work in the NFL when Aaron Rodgers is literally gone in sixty seconds. Dude, he's the I new sequel. Gotta, Forget I gotta it. say this about um about your quarterback choices, right? You guys made this mistake when you had Harbaugh back in the 80s when you were trying to start Tom Zach over Captain Comeback. And then you go and get an Ohio State quarterback. I know. No, no, listen. Name all the great Ohio State quarterbacks listen, in the NFL. I, I, I get it. Name I, them. I can't. Name one of them. I can't. But here's what I do know. I don't think it's actually Justin Fields. I actually think it's our offensive coordinator because there was like four or five times I can count in this game where it was third and 10 and they're running a screen play. That's offensive coordinator. That's not quarterback. So it, it won't matter. I'm no. just telling you, Justin Fields is where the problem is. And we gave up the first um, but, round draft pick. We could have had somebody else. Carolina won with their first freaking pick that we gave them. So no, Carolina lost this week. Oh, never mind. I don't care. Anyways, but I'll tell you what, dude, it doesn't matter. I'm happy. I could, the Bears could lose every game this season, and I'm happy. You know why? <laughs> because Aaron Rodgers is gone in 60 seconds. Dude, I love it. I couldn't. What karma? What karma comes back to bite you? Twice. Not that we believe in that. Not that I believe on. I don't believe in that. I believe in divine intervention, and I've been praying for his demise. And I, the 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 power of a praying father, men out there. Right, this right. is what it anyways, like. anyways, anyways. But no, nah, man, it was a good week. We just, if you don't know, uh, listeners, we just got back. We just took a hundred guys away on a retreat for the last week, weekend, um, up in North Mountains of Arizona here, and uh, so we've been a little absent, MIA for the last week or two, and that's just because we've been unbelievably busy, and we got a lot of cool stuff to tell you about. And a lot of cool stories to tell you. Um, but I want to give you a quick update real fast. Is that okay, JB? Can I do that? Yeah, I know the listeners were really touched um, by your transparency last time we met um, and shared about your daughter. Um, and the big question that's been coming in is where is she now? How is she doing now? Yeah, so she's good. Um, we've done a lot of different doctor's appointments. My, my daughter, um, previous conversation, my daughter was in a horrific car accident, um, uh, unconscious for six minutes. I actually pulled her out of the car bloody. Um, I got there before in the emergency vehicles and grabbed a, an unconscious daughter out of a, a vehicle full of blood. So um, she's doing better. She's home. Uh, she was home for two weeks. We got cleared from the neurologist to kind of resume somewhat normal activities. She's got some scarring. We got to do some plastic surgery uh, appointment um, to remove glass still. That's still maybe potentially embedded in her face. We've got a uh, 
chiro- we've doing, been doing chiropractic work to kind of loosen her body up a little bit. Um, and then we, which is really cool. This is the next part that I think is pretty transparent. Um, she came to us a couple of days ago, my wife and I, and said, hey, I'm really struggling with some anxiety that I've never struggled with before. Could I potentially go see a counselor? And we're like, yeah, absolutely. So so it's gone from the physical now to the mental, which we know it would. I mean, when you when you were in such a horrific accident that potentially shouldn't even have survived, um, we know that there's some cognitive stuff that's going on. And um, the concussion protocols, we're done with that. We have to be a little bit careful for a while. But I say all that to say, man, God is good. We rejoice because she's alive and we see the end of the road. But here's the crazy story. So all that's working really well. We're really fortunate. There's a, still a process ahead, and we're really fortunate. Um, but the crazy thing is yesterday I get a call from her at school because she's been um, cleared to go back to school. I get a call from her at school yesterday saying I don't feel well. So I, I get her from school, and she turns out she's freaking got COVID for the second time. So this poor girl is, like, missing basically almost a whole semester of school so far. So I actually feel super terrible for her. Um. Luckily, she's a genius, so she'll be able to catch up. But that's ridiculous. I didn't even think people got COVID anymore. My, me neither. Me neither. So, um, you know, we'll uh, we'll walk that road. But everything's going really, really well. And um, praise God, man, it's just been been really, really good. It's been cool because we've been home more together, and she's been home, and it's just kind of a cool time to rekindle relationships and serve my daughter in a way that. Um, you know, when they're running around doing their things that they're doing, sometimes you can't serve them. And so it's been, it's been cool. So. Yeah. I think that's a good message. Um, just for guys, teenage years, really tough. Andy and I spend more of our time, um, when he and I are together lamenting on teenage children than, than probably anything else. And I would just encourage you, men. There's so many times where your voice seems to fall on deaf ears, but you get those moments where there's a trial in your daughter or your son's life and they get to see, will you still respond? Will you still pick me up off the ground and wipe my wipe off my bloody knees? And right. That's a metaphor for what we get to do with bigger problems. And so this was a big problem, right? And she's gotten to see a dad who has such a heart for her. And I think the lie she might've been believing kind of in the weeks leading up before this happened was that her dad didn't have a heart for her like this. And she's physically got to see it. And I just think, man, it's awful. But look at what God's doing. Yeah, and I would say the same thing. I think that that's been the cool part about it. So, yeah, that's awesome, man. How are you? What's going on with you? I Here's my icebreaker rant of the day. Are you ready for this? Do it, Re, dude. Reusable Ziploc bags. This is the most ridiculous <laughs> thing I've I have ever heard of. I'm showing Andy a picture of them. So Andy, instead of getting a hundred bags for $10, now I only get eight bags for $10. My children take them to school and lose them. And I buy them again in two weeks. So a hundred Ziploc bags used to last me months, but with these reusable Ziploc bags and they think they're helping the environment. But when my kids used to throw these away or my wife, oh, it's her too, used to throw these away. <laughs> these were like one millimeter bags. Like it was so thin. 
probably barely an inconvenience in the landfill. Now it's this thick Ziploc bag six that mil. we're throwing away. Six mil. Yeah, six mil, 10, I don't know what it is. It seems centimeters thick. All I know is they're not reusable in my family. We still throw them away. I just buy them a lot more frequently. I got a brilliant idea though, dude. I got a brilliant idea. Help me understand why the potato chip companies and all that have not gone to reusable bags. I know they want to sell more chips because you get stale, but cereal, anything that comes in a bag should automatically be in a reusable Ziploc bag. Imagine oh, so like sunflower seeds do that, right? Yeah, right. Sunflower right. David seeds sunflower awesome. seeds, right? Which you don't buy anybody else. You don't buy the bigs. You don't buy any, you buy David sunflower seeds because they're no, the original. You, drive, you buy bigs. No way, dude. They suck. Oh, David barbecue sunflower do seeds. Bigs. No way, dude. David's the original, bro. No, I played baseball. Oh, College. So All we had was salty. David. Ugh. Dude, barbecue. I'm going to say this, guys. If you want to have a great evening, barbecue sunflower seeds and Killian's red beer together, fantastic. Oh, Killian's red beer is like pee beer, urine beer, piss beer. Hey, it is what it is. That's what ball players do. Anyways, hey, let's get to the topic at hand tonight. Guys, welcome back. We're excited to be back with you. Um, you know, we just got back from this retreat, and uh, I, I'm excited. You know, a lot of times when we come back from retreats, one of the things I've understood is a lot of guys, when they go up to a mountain for a retreat, they come back and uh, and you've had this experience, whether you've gone on a retreat with our churches or our groups or just away by yourself on vacations, um, you come back and you're almost deflated the moment you drive into your driveway or the moment you get back into your work week or whatever it may be. I've, I've experienced that from, from mountaintop retreats, spiritual retreats, to even going on vacation. It's like that dreaded, I have to go back. And I was thinking about that, and I think it's a kind of an epidemic in some senses because what we do is we get away, we break, we take a break from our norm, we get filled up, whether it's, like I said, whether it's a vacation or like we just did in a retreat, you get filled up from a different environment and then you're plunged back into your current environment where the problems haven't gone away, the situations haven't changed, the, the responsibilities are equally, if not more, because you have been gone and now all of a sudden you have this lull. And so I want to talk about the lull a little bit. You ever experienced that, JB? Oh, absolutely. It's a joke, right? You've been gone for a week at work, you come back and by like noon, they're like, do you feel that anxiety, that weight on your shoulders? Is it all back right now? Um, and so if the world notices it, how much more do we notice it from a spiritual perspective? Yeah. So I experienced that Monday morning. So I got back and I went right back into the office. Yes, I'm a pastor, but I went right back into work. And I was thinking to myself, A, I'm tired, but B, um, I haven't had a chance to really reflect on what happened and the experiences and whatnot. But I think one of the most important things that I've realized is how do we deal with that, right? How do we figure out how to um, get rid of the low, so to speak? And I'm reminded there's a passage in Matthew 8. You know, Jesus often went withdrew to the mountain or to retreat, whether that's vacation. He didn't go on vacation, but maybe he did. You ever think about that? I wonder if the disciples and Jesus ever went on a vacay, bro. What he only had a three-year ministry. If this guy took a sabbatical, I'm just over it. No, he didn't take no sabbatical, but maybe he <laughs> took a couple days. Maybe he took a weekend vacation. What would you do, dude? That's a great question. I never thought about this. We'll probably go fishing. Those, but that was work for but them. That was so work. I don't know what they did. Did they play golf? Go to the vineyards. Maybe they went and drank wine, dude. They tasted different wines. <laughs> What yeah, else, they what did else, the wine what? tour along the Mediterranean. What, what else did like first and second BC or AD 
people do for vacation? That's a great question. Did they go sporting events? What kind of sporting events were back then? Like stab you in the eye with my sword sporting events? Well, the Romans did have like the spas and hot springs. We know the Romans yeah, yeah, did the vacation because they actually the pools, had dude. like yeah, tourism towns, yeah. right? Yeah. So maybe, dude, that'd be awesome. Could you imagine kicking it with Jesus on vacation in a hot tub? Naked. Because you know they were naked, right? Oh, <laughs> Stuff yeah. flopping all over the place. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. That's a whole new perspective. Anyways, all right. I, re- I digress. Anyways, so I was thinking about it. And, you know, Jesus often went through the mountain. We know in Matthew 8, uh, chapter 8, he talks about, you know, he's coming down from the mountain. And there's an interesting passage in Matthew, a uh, section of Matthew 8 that says, when he came down from the mountain, um, he was, uh, large crowds followed him and gathered around him. And for him, that was his business. People were his business, right? So the large crowd being around him was him, like, coming back from a vacay. He just went away up to the mountain got connected with God, and then he comes down, and the pressure of life, that's kind of how I see it. Large crowds for him was a pressure, right? And large crowds, because everybody wanted something from him. No different than when we get back from places that people just want things or or the life's call of responsibilities upon us for certain things. So I want to talk about that, man. How do you deal with that, JB, in your world? The, the coming back, and I guarantee this, I know that I've gone away on enough retreats where uh, enough vacations by myself or with the guys or spiritual retreats with churches, I've gone, I know that this, I know that I'm a pretty high percentage that some guys came back to volatile situations, especially at home. Um, so how, how have you dealt with that, the lull in the past? Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me is um, to talk about kind of walking back in the front door and having my heart in a good place, like excited to see my Annie um, sitting down and telling her, because right when you come back, I I used to get this on work trips, right? I'd walk back into the workhouse. I've been eating $100 steak dinners. I come back home. She's had two snot-nosed brats running around that are on her last nerve. And I'm so excited to see her. Let's have some business time. And she's like, here's your kids. Get get out of my face. And then I complain because the house is dirty too. And it just... It would just blow up. So I think coming into the house and making our spouses feel part of it and relaying what happened up on the mountain is an awesome thing because then they feel part and and appreciating that they were praying for us, that they took care of the kids. Um, My wife sacrificed her birthday, so I'm taking her away this weekend, right? I'm making it up. Um, I think it is a big thing from the family perspective. Um, And then from the work perspective, I think it's bringing Jesus back with me. Hmm. And so to your point, nothing's changed, right? In my case, I had to prep this huge thing, get it signed off. And then I had to walk in the door when I got back and present to the big bosses and I had to be on. So I could have had this strife throughout the weekend, this concern, this worry, is everything fine? What am I missing out on? What emails are going around? But I'm just like, Jesus, I am just putting that on hold and I am trusting that you're going to be with me when I walk back in that door. And while the situation hasn't changed, my perspective says, what do you think, Jesus, first? And I've been able to hold on to that, and we're, what, three days into the week, so not doing bad so far. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree with you. I think that sometimes what happens is, uh, for me, when I come back from 
spiritual retreats. And I want to specifically talk about that. And then I'll talk a little bit about a vacation retreat because that's still a retreat for me specifically. Um, when I come back from spiritual retreats, I, the first thing I encounter is I don't really want to talk. And, and I, that's what's hard. So I get back this Sunday night, Sunday afternoon, and my wife wants to have this long conversation about everything that happened. And part of me is like, I don't want to talk about it right now. And that can almost come off as standoffish. And it did for her. And it kind of put a little riff in between us a little bit. Um, but I don't know. It's just something about me that I don't like to divulge things right away. It takes, I leak it out over periods of time or through situations. I don't want to sit down and have over a cup of coffee and let me just expel everything that just happened. So I think understanding, the first thing I would say is this, how do we understand ourselves and how do we communicate to our spouses? Like you just said, you know, you communicate to your spouse by saying, all right, I'm going to make it up for you. The lost time, right? That's a communication. Um, so I think setting that, those expectations, yeah. right? If you come in and you go, Hey, I really am excited to sit down, but I'm still processing. I'm exhausted. First thing I do when I get home, kiss, kiss my family, tell them how excited I am to go, be back. And I go sleep because I sleep like three hours a night up at the camp. They did not make bunk beds for six foot five guys. No, there. they made, they made, them um, for five, they made them for six foot guys. Exactly. And I fit yeah, perfectly. Pe- People were high-fiving my feet as they walked past my bed on the way out every morning. But right, so I'm like, I just need a nap, and then I'm so excited. So I like what you're saying, setting those expectations so there's not an offense, because we appreciate that, like in your case, your family did sacrifice to have you gone, and all the weeks that went into this, and we were busy working late on this stuff. Yeah, so I think, uh, yeah, I, exactly. I think you set the expectations, but then I start to think about the issues that I got to deal with because my family's one thing, I can manage that. But the pressures that most guys come back to, whether, like I said, whether it's from a vacation that's renewed them, because that's why we go to vacation to recreate, to be recreated, right? We've talked about that in the past. The root word of recre- recreation is, or is to recreate. And when we do that, we, we are renewed and filled up. And so um, I think that that's part of it. So when we get back, the pressures are still there. So I, I kind of wrote a couple things down that I just wanted to talk about really fast. And the first thing I would talk about this is when you're away, whether it's a spiritual retreat or a vacation, um, you forget about the problems while you're there. All right. You forget yeah. about the problems. We call it unplugging, right? Un- unplug, we, yeah, we, we, unplug. we really unplugged this year, this camp. We were really able to unplug because none of us had cell, cell coverage. Yeah, yeah. So that that helped, right? Because you were able to unplug and focus on why we were there. So I think that's a thing everybody should do. But to your point, it, it allows us to forget the problems. Well, and when you forget the problems, guess what? What happens? You, you're now allowed to focus on something else, right? So for us this weekend, we, we forgot the problems, so we were allowed to see Jesus differently. We were allowed to hear from God differently because we did, we were not consumed with the current or the pressing. We've removed ourselves from that. I think that's why Jesus went away often. It wasn't because he needed a, he's God. He didn't need a break, right? But what he did need to do is refocus, and so many guys continue day after day after day after day doing the same things day after day that they forget to stop and say, okay, where's my time in life where I get to refocus, where my problems go away for a second and I get to really see again my identity, my personhood, my things I like to do? Like, that's hard, right? So many guys get stuck in this routine that they forget there's things that they like to do that is not the routine, and so taking a break, I think that's why, you know, the scripture talks about on the seventh day, God, what rested, rested, 
right? Because resting gives you perspective. What we just did this last weekend, yes, it was a lot of work because we were leading it, but there was also a spiritual renewal and spiritual rest in it. And I, I think that's important for guys. Guys don't like the term a Sabbath to take a break, to rest, right? Well, and to get fresh eyes too, because you take a break, when you come back to your problem, you have fresh eyes, yeah, you have good. fresh perspective, which if you're just sitting there, problem solving, problem solving, problem solving, you don't get that break, you, you've given everything you can to that issue. And I, I think when you reset it, when you can actually forget it, and guys, you can do this by going on a men's retreat. I, I recommend, I try to get away twice to a conference in this men's retreat every year. So I, I do recommend that. But you can just get away alone up to the mountains and, and get that same break. I'm off the grid. I'm sitting here with with my dog and my fishing pole or whatever that looks like for you. And And really, when you come back, you get fresh eyes. You get a fresh view on things. And it, it could be simple things, right? It, it, yes, going away is important. A lot of guys say, I, don't, I can't do that, right? I can't get away. Let me give you one, one tidbit of information. Most guys have to leave their homes these days to go somewhere somehow to work or whatever it may be. One of the things I've put into practice is when I drive home, before I walk in my house, I take a minute to two minutes in my car with the radio off, just sitting in silence. It's not a long time. And it, it, it just, what it does is it reframes my perspective. And I actually say words like this often when I'm sitting in my car for a minute or two before I walk into my home. Let the care of the day go. Let me focus on my family. And and it changes my perspective. Th those are simple things of, like we think Sabbath is a full weekend away or a whole day away. Like I can't do anything. And it's true because like in Israel, like when I was there, they have an elevator that you're not even allowed to, it opens the door automatically and stops at every floor. Because, On Sabbath. Yeah. yeah because you're not Shabbat. allowed to push the button. Yeah. To, yeah that's right. awesome. Shabbat. So we think that like, I got to take all this time off to refocus and rest. The truth of the matter is it can happen in moments to put moments in your day where you say, you know what? I'm intentionally going to stop for a moment to refocus. That's what a retreat does, right? It helps us see Jesus differently. It helps us hear from God differently. But then when you come down the mountain, we, we understand this, right? And, and I think this is important. When you come down the mountain, you can still endure your problems. Or when you, when you take a break and you go back, now you have a refocused vision to endure the problem. You can still now maybe see Jesus differently because you've taken a break and you can still hear from God. It does. Proximity doesn't change perspective. Time changes perspective. Maybe proximity, I guess you could say how I look at things differently, but intentionality actually changes perspective. And yeah, I think intentionality is a big part of what you're talking about. Because why why men's retreats are great has nothing to do with our program being special, right? Anybody can write a program. But when you come up and you intentionally say, God, I'm going to let other men talk into my life, remind me who I am. I'm going to listen to other people's story. I'm going to tell my story, something that we try to ignore throughout the week, right? It's too big. Our past is mm. too big. Mm. So we ignore that part. And then finally, I'm going to believe that the God that runs everything that is everywhere is going to stop and intentionally whisper to my heart this weekend. Yeah. And, and remind me who I am and whose I am. 
it, that's what changes you. And so I think your point about intentionality is incredible. And it's for all of those. And you said such a simple way. I don't want to gloss over this because I've never done that. And I think it's so good. So you get home, you take two minutes in the car and repeat what you say to yourself. Let the worry of my day go away. Let me focus on my family. Men, we need to do that. Like, let's make covenant today that we are going to do that. Because I'm telling you, when I do marriage counseling, it's that he he comes home, but he's not really there. And if we can be men that say, God, I'm, I can't get away. The, my break for today, my retreat for today, is this two minute in the garage while the garage door is closing, right? That might be your only retreat. But I am going to shift gears and say, God, I'm going to leave work here and I am going to start family here because I want to be active yeah. and intentional intentional, just like God was intentional with me on that mound. I want to be intentional in my daughter's life. When I walk through that door, I want to be intentional when my wife's talking about the cares of of her day, Uh, that'll revolutionize a family. Well, and it's interesting. So we don't do family dinners as much as we used to because my kids are older and they've got jobs and they've got things going on. And my other daughter's married, right? So we, we try at least once a week to have a family dinner where we sit and talk. And one of the things I've realized is, um, as a man, there's a way to serve your family in a unique way. Oftentimes in my early in my marriage, I would come home and I would spew the hardships of my day, right? I would spew them. And, and there's times for that. And there's times not for that. But what I, what I failed to do is take into consideration. My job is not to spew when I get home. My job is to absorb when I get home. And here is why I say that. This is a really interesting concept. And this is from retreats. This is from vacations. This is from whatever it is. My job is to absorb. As the leader of my family, my job is to absorb the stress and the strain of others. It's to be the rock in which they can lay their burden down on. And because that's what God's called us, right? To be a rock in our family, to be the cornerstone to our family. And a cornerstone doesn't gripe. A cornerstone receives weight. And so one of the things I've learned, and I'm not perfect at this, but one of the things I've learned is I allow my kids, I allow my wife, I allow them to talk about their day, their stress, their struggle, their stories, their funny things, their crazy things. And then when they're done, if they don't ask me about mine, I'm okay with that. My job is to be a rock, is to be a cornerstone, that which other people can put weight on in our my family. And so I'm going to put a challenge really simply, guys. When you, when you come back, and this, I know this is kind of off topic a little bit, but I think it's an important concept. When when you come back from your day of work, your time away on a retreat, you are the rock. You are the one which people have been waiting to unload on their weight. And so I would encourage you to say, I'm going to listen more than I'm going to speak. I'm going to ask questions more than I'm going to complain. Um, and to be that person and to be that rock. So that's my encouragement for you. That's hard to do. That's really hard to do because it means you have to, one, have a different perspective, two, be intentional, but three, be sacrificial. And guys don't like any of those three things. So that's an encouragement. So, you know, when I come home from retreats like this, and this is the last thing I'm going to say about a retreat. When I come home from retreats like this, yeah, I want to talk about what's going on. And there will be times and elements to share and leak out over a period of time. But I don't walk back into my problems. I walk back into my position. And I think a lot of guys come home from retreat or vacations dreading the come home, the, the back to the routine. I have been there, 
But one of the most important things I've learned is I come back to the position in which God has allowed me to come to, to, to hold. And I come back with a different perspective. So if my perspective has changed, it is, should only fortify my position. And I think that's important. So that's why how you lose the mountaintop dread of coming back home. Your perspective has been changed. That same God who is on with you at the mountain or with the vacation or with the retreat is still with you. It's a matter now your perspective has changed and your position has been solidified. You walk in with those two words, man, position and perspective, you don't get that Monday whoa. I'm telling you. You look forward to the weight of others now and the weight of, listen, dude, I, I remember coming home from retreats and crap like that and feel like, man, I don't even want to go back to my job because I had such a great break from it versus allowing that break to change my perspective and to fortify my position. Now I look forward to it. Like, Hey, bring more on because now I'm, my perspective is different. I can handle more. That's how you come back. So that's all, that's all I got for that. Man, I, I saw God move in so many ways this weekend. So I, I'm still jazzed up. I'm still excited. Plus I actually get to go on vacation tomorrow. So I'm really looking forward to that. But talk to us about Thursday night because we've got something great. We're going to invite the first Adam family to be part of it, um, but also the men that were up at our retreat. Yeah, go ahead, man. Share share some details about that because you're leading it. So really excited. Um, one of the things that we talked about is keeping the momentum going by being intentional, right? We've been talking about that a lot. Let's be intentional. So 7 p.m., uh, Arizona time, the next six Thursdays, uh, we're going to be hosting a zoom call. If you'd like to be part, um, and you weren't part of the men's retreat, reach out to us, get us your email and we'll send out the you link. Know what? The link um, I'll, I'll actually put the link in the, um, the, the hyperlink into the notes of this podcast. You go on Spotify, you'll see the hyperlink Apple iTunes or go to our website first one ST Adam dot com i'll put it in there too under the description of this podcast for the next six six or so weeks so there'll be a link so and we're really excited about this so we're going to be just we're going to be doing this type of discussion we're going to allow for questions to be asked um i'm going to be hosting this thursday i've got dr gene james coming on um and we're going to can i get a doctor We're going to delve a little bit deeper. Um, If you weren't at the retreat, he did an incredible retreat on the slavery that we're in, and we don't even know it. And uh, I just, I've used that Harriet Tubman quote. Harriet Tubman, when asked later on in life, how many people she let out, she said, I don't know how many I led, but I can tell you this, I could have done twice as Mm. much if more people had known they were slaves. And so I was just so excited about that message and I'm really excited to interview him and get and allow our first Adam nation uh, to get to know him more. So we're going to be talking to him Thursday night for an hour, um, taking your question and just reminding you what your purpose is and that you are that cornerstone. You are equipped for everything wear it like a man um, because God has prepared you like a man. Well, it's interesting. So in that passage I, I referenced earlier, and I'll end with this in Matthew 8, Matthew 1, 8. Yeah. Matthew 8, 1, when Jesus came down from the mountain, paraphrased a little bit, um, large crowds followed him. And here's the cool thing. He didn't tell them, get away from me. I, I, I need to rest more or get away from me. What he did is when he came down from the mountain, he was prepared because his perspective was changed again and he knew his position. And because of that, he was able to minister and love on people. 
And so that's why I, I take those two words from that passage, perspective and position. You got to get away, guys, whether it's in the garage for two minutes or whether it's away on a retreat with us or whether it's a, vac- a small vacation, whatever it is, it changes your perspective and it reminds you of your position. The very things that Jesus did when he went away on the mountain often. And then he took guys with him, right? He didn't just didn't go by himself. Then he started taking guys with him because he wanted to remind them perspective, position. And uh, I think that's a good word for, for some of you guys. So some of you, and here's my last word, some of you who've come back and you're like, oh, crap, I'm back into it. Let me remind you, the same God you just met is the same God still today with you in your office, in your home, in your work, in your school, whatever it may be. He has the same vision. What God started on the mountain, he completes in the valley, literally in the valley of Phoenix. So uh, I just that's a great reminder for you guys today. Anyways. I mean, that's all I got today. I got nothing else. Uh, my mind is now shutting off after this podcast for the next <laughs> week and a half. Well, I go hunt elk and live in the woods with my son. And, uh, yeah, uh, I'm excited for that break for you. Thank you so much for joining us. We are glad to be back with first Adam nation. Um, make sure you check us out on all the social media. Check out our website at 1STAdam. Um, like us, like our podcast, and remember to pass it along to your friends. That's how we grow. Um, and it is con- the constant message of our podcast that it is not good for man to, for be, man to be alone. alone. Join us 7 p.m. on Zoom coming up tomorrow. Link will be in it. That's what I got. Let's pray as we close out. Yeah. Father, we just thank you for a a great retreat this last weekend. Yeah, Lord, JB and I had a lot of work to do, but in the midst of it, we saw you do even more work. And uh, Lord, we serve not because we get glory, but because you get glory. And for the guys, Lord, who have went away, I continue what you began in the mountain continues in the valley this week. Father, we've already heard tons of stories and testimonies of good things. And God, if there's guys out here who are listening whose spirit says, I long to get away, I need to get away because my perspective is affecting my position. God, I'd pray that they would take the responsibility to do that, whether it's two minutes in a garage, whether it's a walk down the road, change their perspective so they can understand their position. Father, I thank you for that. And I praise you, and God, uh, we just pray for this podcast, Lord. Let it go out and be blessed to those who hear it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen and amen. All right, bro, so who's your pick this week to click for a professional? I don't care about college football, dude. Illinois doesn't have college teams. We have to piggyback on Indiana. Oh, you don't have to tell me that. You guys lost to Kansas last week. No, we piggyback on Humiliating. Dude, 99% of Chicagoans piggyback on Notre Dame. So, anyways, here we go. I'm out. JB, Andy. Oh. Go Bears. <laughs>